Third Shift presents The Imposter's Guide to Gaming, your quick fix for gaming news. Now, here are your hosts, Eric and Matt. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to IG2G. This is episode 62. I, of course, am your host, Matt, the greatest man who's ever lived. With me, as always, it's Eric Lightbringer. Hey-o. He's here to bring the light. There he is. And I'm here to tell you that in the releases this week, for like the what the, like the sixth show in a row, I have three games I'm totally interested in and totally excited about. Why? Why are all the games dumping here in August and September and also July and June, too? There's too many damn games. Why, I can't, why are all the can't good do it. games just dropping? Why are these good games here? Why? And people keep, I keep hearing this all over the interwebs that this is a slow year, that this is kind yeah. of a crummy year. And I'm like, what? What? What are you talking about? I have like six games right now that I want to play desperately sitting here looking mm-hmm. at me. And you're telling me this is a crummy year? Yeah, I, I saw some tweet the other day that was like, "Oh man, finally in September we got a good game." Huh? It's been been nothing, nothing all year. What? My wallet begs to differ. It's, you know what? That should be the topic, but it's not the topic for today. We got a different one. <laughs> We're gonna go into the releases, more good games, and then talk about another good game. We'll catch you in a second. Number five. First up on the releases this week, we got River City Girls, developed by WayForward, who are the Shantae guys, published by Arc System Works. This dropped on the 5th of September for PC, PS4, Xbox One, and Switch. What is River City Girls? Hey, remember River City Ransom? It's that, but now you play as the girls. If you know River City Ransom, that's the old NES beat-em-up. You go around, you beat up rival gangs and people and people in the street. You get money, use it, upgrade yourself. That's this. It's River City Girls. Now you play as the girlfriends of Cuneo and Ricky, and they get kidnapped, and you got to go save them. So, I mean, it's it's basically that loving homage to the 2D beat-em-up, especially the River City Ransom games, because like I said, you, you could also, if you want a more modern reference, think of the Scott Pilgrim versus the world from the 360. If you played that, that is an homage to River City Ransom. This is that same kind of game. You play as the two girls. You can pick either one, and then you have drop-in, drop-out couch co-op only for right now, even on like the PS4, which I'm kind of surprised by. They don't have online co-op. Hopefully that gets patched in at some point. But this looks like a really fun 2D scrolling beat-em-up. It's got those RPG elements just like River City Ransom did, just like the Scott Pilgrim game did, where you beat up enemies, you collect money from them, you go into town, you buy new moves for yourself to extend your combos, you buy health upgrades, you buy items to use, and you go around brawling, just beating people up, you're grabbing weapons up off the street, beating people up as you progress the story, trying to figure out what happened to Cuno and Ricky, where they're at. You go through all all these different stages. You go through boss battles. You go through all these stages, but they're not really stages because when you get to the end of a stage, you kind of move on like further down the street or down to a different environment. But you can always go back. Like there's a big interconnected map. When you see the map screen, you'll think something like Metroidvania, which is pretty cool. So I mean, it's it's good that they put them all together in this like I wouldn't say open world, but like this open world kind of feel. Because even the Scott Pilgrim game, you load it into whichever stage you wanted, and you could play through the different you know, levels of the stage, but you were confined to the stage instead of going back and forth throughout town. Whatever, I'm rambling on too long. It's a cool beat-em-up. If you like beating people up, if you like those, you know, the Double Dragons, the River City Ransoms, the Scott Pilgrim game, you're going to like this. You like Streets of Rage, Final Fight, stuff like that. You're going to like this game. It's got kind of a... It's got kind of a unique look. Like, it's got a pixely art look to it. It's not... I wouldn't say it's 8-bit. 
It doesn't look quite as smooth as some of the 16-bit stuff, but then it ha- the animations are all really smooth because obviously it's modern day. Everything looks like way cooler than it ever could back in those days, but it still has, like, you can see the pixels. So it's, it's really interesting. Check out a trailer, check out some screenshots to know what I'm talking about with that. But then the other really cool thing about the presentation is that in the cutscenes, or if you're in a shop or if you're in the menus, it's got a really, really slick HD anime-inspired you know, 2D art look to it. And for like, I think, and maybe it's just the flashbacks, but I've seen a lot of flashback sequences that are drawn like a black and white Japanese manga. And that's really cool. So there's there's two different aspects of the look of the game. Like, I, I love that HD art style. And like, during conversations, it's the same type of thing. Because it'll pop up a portrait of your character and then the fully voiced dialogue, which I haven't gotten to, it's all fully voiced. So that's cool too. But it'll be that kind of like pop up the the HD anime picture when the people are talking, go back to the pixel art for the actual brawling and action and movement and traversal. So if you if you're fiending for those days of the old beat 'em ups or if you just if you just want, you know, a throwback to those good old days, get yourself River City Girls. It's probably going to be the best and smoothest version of that and obviously the most modern of it that you can get. There's not a whole lot of like really polished 2D brawlers in that old vein anymore. So this is a it's a steal, it's a snag. Get it. It's River City Girls. You you know, you know you want to beat up a bunch of school goons as a couple cool girls. You know you want to. So just do it. River City Girls. Get it. Number 4. First up for my releases, we've got Monster Hunter World Iceborne, the new DLC for Monster Hunter World. Just in case you don't know, you do have to have the primary game to play this DLC. It came out September 6, 2019. It's developed by Capcom, and it's for the PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and, of course, Microsoft Windows. No Switch here, boys and girls, unfortunately. It's very sad, because this game is phenomenal. I've talked about it in the past. You all know the whole thing behind Monster Hunter in general is that you, the hunter, the big dog himself, comes to this exotic world where the monsters have come to, and they're all roused up and going crazy, and you got to put an end to it by taming them and taking care of business. And by taming them, I mean murdering them or capturing them. You can capture them instead if you don't want to kill them. And getting their parts and making armor that gets you better and better and better and better at what you're doing. And then you fight bigger and bigger and bigger monsters or faster or stronger monsters, so on and so forth. Very easy, cool. Basically, it's a, it's a game all about fighting bosses. That's what you're doing. That's the whole shtick of it. And Iceborne, everybody... Wow, holy crap. It's basically an entirely new game. On top of everything you got from Monster Hunter World, you, the hunter, take over everything you've got. The monsters are all riled up again. They take off to this new area, which is this beautiful, snowy landscape. You've got your snowy forests, your frozen tundras, your acidic caverns, all sorts of cool new environments. This place is huge. All new monsters to go ahead and beat up. You've got a new elder dragon who's out there causing a ruckus, which is why you're going there in the first place. Then, on top of it all, they took a bunch of monsters from the previous Monster Hunter world here, added them in, changed them up a bit, added some moves, added some dynamics that you didn't have before. And, of course, what would Monster Hunter world be without the loot? All of these monsters drop new loot, new sets to pick up and build and make weapons and armor. And of course, they are better than what you had before, so you're going to want to get in there and get these. They added the master class here, so therefore, you know, all the HR hunters, all them, this is a new thing to go after to test your skills, test your metal against. 
If any of this sounds great, there's also a whole bunch of quality of life stuff. So if you haven't played any of these before, some of this might not make any sense to you. But if you have, you can look forward to a grappling hook, which during monster fights allows you to grapple to the monster and ride it. And of course, do what you do basically if you're mounting it, etc., etc., which is really cool because instead of just chasing it down, it allows you to grapple on top of it and potentially stop it in its tracks. So that way you're not running all over the place all the time. Really neat mechanic. There's also a mount while you're looking for monsters, which you can mount up on, take off, zoom around, and while you're on it, you can also sharpen your blade, all that good stuff. So this will save you some time while you're on the hunt doing stuff. The gathering hub now has like everything in it, and it's a new gathering hub in the new area, of course. It has everything in it you're going to need when you're going to go out and adventure, so you don't have to leave it, come back. The main area is one plane, meaning one level, one floor, so you're not running up and down in every which way to handle all the business and take care of things. The house you have, all new upgrades, all new stuff you can customize. They went all out here. They made Monster Hunter World even better, which I thought was not well it wasn't impossible but it was hard to improve upon a lot of the stuff but they did it a lot of the clunkier slower stuff's been fixed up patched up if you haven't played this game before do yourself a favor grab it it is awesome it is fun i enjoyed the heck out of it and i'm sure you will too number three next up on the releases this is one might not be a release for this week it might be for next week but i can't tell so, you know what, I'm, I'm just going to say this is my show. I can break the rules no matter what. So if I'm wrong and it's not for this week, I don't care because I'm the boss. I do what I want, and you can't stop me. <laughs> Next up on the releases, it's AI, the Somnium Files, developed and published by Spike Chunsoft. You know I love the Spike Chunsoft. This is their newest game, which drops maybe just for PC on the 17th of September, right now when, when this show releases, or it could also drop on the 24th for PC. PS4 and Switch, because I, I watched some reviews and some gameplay of it, and I went, I gotta have this game, so I went on Amazon, and it went, hey, releasing the 24th, and I went, but everything said the 17th, so I went to Steam, and it said, hey, it's coming out in like four hours as I'm recording this, so it's, I don't know if just PC is the 17th, and consoles are later, but whatever, it's AI, the Somnium Files, if you like the Zero Escape games, this is the next game from the creator of the Zero Escape series, and it's kind of an evolution on that, where that was a puzzle-based visual novel. This is a puzzle and story-driven kind of visual novel type game set in like near-future Tokyo, where you're playing as a detective hunting down a serial killer, like investigating a serial killing spree. And what's really cool about this is, I mean, it's obviously, it's near future, so you got all, all kinds of cool tech things. One of those cool tech things is you have a, you got like a, a false eye, and inside that eye is an AI companion. Not only can it act as your, you know, your, like your, your computer, you know, storing evidence and remembering things and being essentially your partner because it's an artificial intelligence. The other cool thing that this can help you do is you can dive into the subconscious of, I don't know if it's just suspects or if it's just people who are related to the case. You can jump into the subconscious of certain individuals as this AI character and like walk around in their memory of what happened or their perception of what happened and investigate things in there and also change things and interact with things. Now, this part I didn't get too much into because I didn't want to spoil a lot for myself. But what's cool is, as you're in this, like in the Somnium system, I think is what it's called, when you're in there, you have six minutes to do whatever it is you need to do. And if you, you take control of the AI character as like a, you know, she, she gets like an avatar. If you stand still and look around, time doesn't flow. If you start moving, it starts 
flowing like a little bit slow. And then each action you take, like if you see, like there's a, there's a spinning umbrella. If you make it spin faster, that takes up time. If you choose to stop it, that takes up time. If you choose to interact with it in some other way, that takes up time too. But you can walk around and spend time slowly. You can stand there and ponder and time freezes. But every time you do something, it takes away time from that six-minute time limit that you have to do whatever it is you need to do inside the subconscious of that person at that time. So I've heard some people saying, oh, man, I don't like time limits, blah, blah, blah. But what's cool about this is from what I've heard in a couple different reviews, and nobody's put anything in specific, so it's not a spoiler, this game also has like a flow chart of all the different choices you can make, just like the Zero Escape games, where if it's, oh man, at this point, choose A or B. Well, if you choose, no matter which one you choose, you can either, you can go down that path, unless it's like an automatic fail ending. But what what people have said in these reviews is that sometimes they they don't find the right solution, or they find the solution in the wrong way, inside one of those subconscious scenarios, but then that also leads them to a different solution to a different problem in a different scenario further down that flowchart. So what really excites me about this is it's not just an arbitrary time limit, and if you don't solve it, it's game over. Maybe you do solve the wrong thing in the wrong way or the right thing in the wrong way, and then that affects how things go later on. Because just like any good visual novel, any good story-driven game... You're also interacting with all your, you know, your your cohorts. Your, I'm like, they are NPCs, but you know, the other characters in the story. So you're getting to know them better. You're getting to evolve your relationship with them, and and just just seeing how those two play together. Maybe you start blowing the the subconscious scenarios, and so now you can't you know, work with your boss as well because she thinks less of you. Or maybe you start acing them so you unlock new conversation trees with the boss or whatever it is. It sounds really cool. I mean, it it's obviously Zero Escape is right up my alley. So anything that this guy does ever again, I'm going to be interested in. But just the, the whole premise of the game, the whole style of it, the presentation's really good too. It looks like the like if you've been following the Zero Escape games, they went from just 2D anime style to sort of polygonal to somewhat realistic, but also horrifyingly creepy in Zero Time Dilemma. This looks like the next evolution of that, where you you go, you go have like anime 3D models, but they look really sharp and cool. Like think of something like uh, the latest Fire Emblem game, like that kind of look. So cause, so the, the presentation is really good. It looks really anime style. It looks really, it looks really gorgeous. I've heard the music's kind of so-so, but I mean... Everybody looks good. It, it just looks, you gotta look at it. You gotta look at it in motion. Cause the, the facial expressions and like the look on the faces of these anime styled characters, it just looks right to me. It looks really good. So if you're interested in that kind of style and puzzly, visually novel type of games, definitely check out the look of this one and go, man, either Matt's totally awesome and totally right or Matt totally sucks. I don't know. Just, just looking at it in motion made me go, wow. And then hearing all the cool stuff about it too. Also made me go double wow. I have it pre-ordered. It's coming whenever the game releases, whether it's next week or this week. Uh, but AI the Somnium Files, if you're looking for something, if you like visual novels, if you like interactive stories, yeah, not like super like gameplay. If you like puzzles, you maybe are gonna want to check this one out. I'm gonna be checking it out, like I said. AI the Somnium Files, go get it whenever it's out for whatever console you want. Oh yeah, good times. 
Number two. My second release for the day is Greedfall, developed by Spiders, published by Focus Home Interactive. It is out for PC, PlayStation 4, Xbox One as of September 10th, so you can pick this game up as we speak right now. Have you been missing those Western RPGs? Nothing's been tickling your fancy. Bioware lately has kind of not been putting out anything solid. Well, here's an opportunity for you. Greedfall is a Western RPG. Think Witcher 3, think uh, old Bioware games, you know, the Mass Effects and uh, the Dragon Ages, that kind of thing. It's a 17th century medieval type thing. They find an island. You, a neutral human being, go to this island. All the different factions are there trying to colonize it, take care of it, start harvesting it. So, of course, what happens? The indigenous people and all these different factions from the different nations all go to war, start fighting each other. You, the neutral person, can pick your sides. You go where you go. Do what you want to do. You pick up quests in the different towns, which you can complete or not complete. A lot of it's random. They've got fetch quests. They've got cool story interactions. Quests similar to, like I said, Witcher 3. You can go magic. You can go sword fighting skills. You can go stealth. When you're interacting with people, first off, there are tons of different options to do so. You can be crass. You can be clever. You can not encounter a mall and try to sneak in through windows. You can go pick up cloaking devices. You can try to get different uh, clothes on and distract people. Basically, in this game, it allows you to kind of play however you want. So if you want, and then of course, with the abilities, mind you, you can go, uh, you know, endurance, you can go physique, you know, all the different basic stats that allow you to do all the different things, be it warrior, magician, uh, thief, spy, whatever it is. And you're going to want to make sure you're paying close attention to all that because it has a direct effect on the game and what you're able and not able to do. The graphics are pretty good. The music is great. All this good stuff. Hearing nothing but great reviews all over the board about it. However, everyone keeps mentioning one thing, which I want to make sure I tell you here, is that this game is more of a double-A game, not a triple-A game. It has nowhere near the amount of people and money involved as your AAA stuff that CD Project Red or Bioware put out would put out. But with that being said, I still think it looks fantastic and it definitely looks like it's going to scratch that itch if you're looking for a really cool western RPG with all your typical fantasy RPG mechanics. Take a peek, see if it's anything that interests you. Greedfall folks. Yes. Number 1 so last, but certainly not least in the releases, this is the least that anything could ever be. <laughs> it doesn't make sense, but I keep saying it because it sort of makes sense if you think about it. This is the game that Third Shift of the brand has been waiting three full years for. All of us have been waiting more years than that for. You know what we're talking about. You know already. You know what it's going to be. You know what it is. It's, well, I'm not even going to say because you know, because there's nobody who just listens to IG2G. You listen to third, you, it's on the third shift thing. You know what we talk about on third shift. This, the game is here. It's here. And we're going to be talking about it coming up in a second. Imposter's topic of the day. All right. So I teased it in my final release of the week. You know what the game is we're going to be talking about. It's the third shift game. It's the game for the whole, this is why the reason, this is the reason why we're here right now. It's Borderlands 3. There we go. We're going to talk about it. Just there. That's it. That's, that's it. The, all, that's talking. all the intro you that's get. That's all you need. It's just, a, it's just Borderlands 3. It's just going to be a face dump on Borderlands 3. This game we've been waiting for for years. As Matt said, we started the podcast Third Shift in anticipation of this game. But we mm-hmm. also, of course, at the time thought Battleborn was going to kind of fly through all the years with it. And we would have these, this, you know, big old 
game of Battleborn to cover. Then, of course, Borderlands would hit, and we'd be covering that, and it was just mega house of just badass games rock and rolling. Unfortunately, Battleborn didn't carry us through, but now Borderlands 3 is here to save the day, and that's that's... This intro's gone on too long. Eric, what do you think about Borderlands 3? Talk about it. Let's go. Oh, come on, man. You wanted to drag this intro on like another five minutes. So, Borderlands 3. All right, let's do it. Hey, go back to the music. We'll start all over Start all over. Number one. Borderlands 3. Woo! Let me tell you. I knew it was going to be good. I had no doubts. Picked it up. Got it put in. Had some hiccups. Had some problems. Finally got going on it. And it was everything I thought it would be. Gorgeous from the start. The music, the intro music, fantastic. I loved, I loved it. I just actually, I was thinking about just this morning booting it up, starting a new character, just so I could watch mm-hmm. the intro and listen to the music all over again. And of mm-hmm. course, as you do in a Borderlands game, I sat there with the uh, the character screen, just sitting there watching what Claptrap would do, listening to that really cool mm-hmm. jam in there. So if you can't tell, I'm in love with the tunes so far in this game. What about you, Matt? You like that music? You think it's good, bad? No, I will say I enjoy the music, but I'm going to dial it back to what you were talking about with watching that intro cutscene again and again and again. I will say I do not have the compulsion to do that because the day I got it and brought it home and it installed real quick, I went, oh, let me play like that first few missions of Amara because I was going to play Amara. And I did it and I went, all right, cool. And I went, you know what? Let me play some Zane too. Played that for those first few missions of Zane, and I had and I watched that intro cutscene each time because I couldn't skip it. And then when I actually started to play, and I started my stream and played as Flack, I had to watch it again, and I, I like it and I love it. But it's also like I'm, I've seen it too many times all in a row. This is this is RPGs all over again, where you start and reroll your character, mm-hmm. and you see that. Oh man, you're going through the Grey Warden initiation four times. No, I can't. No, I can't do it. Oh no. So in in 20 more hours, I'll be ready to see it again for the True Vault Hunter playthrough. But for now, I'm good. Well, so that just means you did what I wanted to do and see it a couple times because it is good. Uh-huh. Yeah, well, that's true. But then that's you true. just overstayed the welcome by doing it like four or five times. So mm. that's because you're a psychopath and you shouldn't have done that. It's your own fault. I had to. I had to. I had to know what character I was going to play. I had to know. Thought we already knew. I thought you established this long ago. You said you were going to be the Beastmaster. And I did, but then I also changed it. And then I had to know which one to be after that. And then I had to know that my decision to just play the Beastmaster was right anyway. Gotcha. Fantastic. So staying on that subject, then I want to know before I get into, of course, my favorite character so far and my only character I've played. What do you think of the characters and why? You know, why are you sticking with Flack so far? How is Flack treating you? Uh, if you, if you can't tell just by watching me stream when I play, I have a blast playing as Flack. I love sending Mr. Beef out and just. He becomes a giant skag and just running around. He's constantly doing his gamma explosion because he's killing stuff. It's it's everything I wanted that character to be. It's just as much fun as I thought it could be. And it's even more fun because you get to change your name and your pet's names. And it's just, ah, it's just, it's great. I love it. All the skills aren't, well, the skills aren't as like active and like dramatic and cool it's like a mars ground pound and all that other stuff they're not as flashy as that it just feels good to know when you have your game of burst up that's the one that i go with obviously to know when i have it up boom i'm getting an unkillable monster on the field with me and then now that i've i'm almost capstoned i get that giant healing aura so i know oh it's a boss fight boom put the gamma burst wherever i am 
I stand there and I'm basically invincible unless I get hit with 10 enormous things like all in a row. So it just, it just feels good. It feels right. I'm loving playing as Flack. I'm loving sending my Skag around. I love petting my Skag, talking to my Skag. He's my little companion on my solo streams. It's great. Ah, so good. I'd, and I will say the other characters were fun for those, you know, first couple levels that I played as them, but they just didn't feel right for me. Like Amara had awesome abilities, but I didn't really dig her personality in just that opening bit. It wasn't, you know, my kind of character. Zane's personality was cool, but he, his, a lot of his answers were like really clipped. I noticed in the, like I said, I played up through Shiv about, mm-hmm. and a lot of his answers were, you know, hey, Claptrap came up, hey, what's your name? And Amara gave like four sentences as a response, and Flat gave like two. And Zane just goes, Zane Flint. Like, that's it. And a lot of his stuff was like, all right, cool. I'm like, no, just uh, more, more, gotta have more. Get some more flavor text in there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But his abilities were awesome and wonderful. I love playing around with those. So, I don't know, Flack just is, is fitting the mold that I have. Everything I wanted from Flack, it's there. It's so fun. What about you with Moe's? I know you've been digging it. Oh, I know yeah. you love oh, her. Oh, I love her. I love her to death. Okay, she's the military gal in the bunch. And I love the text, the way she talks. It is shorter, like kind of like Zane, like you're talking about. But everything she uh-huh. says, it's got that that nice sarcastic, you know, military yeah. vibe to it. It's always like, yeah, sure, this will be the greatest thing ever, you know. And then you just move forward. That kind of attitude, that kind of personality, mm-hmm. which is exactly how most everybody is in the military, just sarcastic mm-hmm. and like, yay, this will be great, haha. <laughs> Because <laughs> you just have to do it anyway, yeah. no matter how no much matter it how sucks. No matter how much it sucks, you're doing it anyway. And she carries that in. So props to them for doing a good job on kind of capturing that whole military spirit thing going. Plus, she treats her, her Iron Bear like it's real. So that's a fun mm-hmm. little interaction where she's like, oh, yeah, woo, and you get inside and it's all colorful. Because you made, of course, yourself colorful, which takes Iron Bear and makes it just as cool as you. Oh, it's so mm-hmm. great. And the best part was, is naturally, without even thinking about it. I had this whole build planned. I was like, all right, I'm going to go to this cool Gatling gun, incendiary rounds, you know, this whole nine yards. It's going to go all out fire. Mm-hmm. But for whatever reason, everything changed when I started playing it. And I went, no, mm-hmm. no, 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 no. Splash damage grenades. That's what I'm going to do. Yeah. Here we go, baby. Oh, yeah. I don't regret it for a second either. Just whenever you pop in, a lot of people are talking like, I've heard a lot of, you know, like, oh, she seems kind of underwhelming. And I'm like, I don't see it at all. No, dude. I'm in there smoking people with these grenades, and then you add the splash damage, mm-hmm. and then when it hits some enemies, it bounces and hits other enemies, blah, 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 so on and so forth. And then you add incendiary damage and corrosive damage and stuff from the different trees. Mm-hmm. It's, I don't know. If, to me, it's a no-brainer. This is easy peasy. You add some shields to her, and I'm smoking people. And she's always up. You get the cooldown, so everybody you kill, you know, and decreases the cooldown. So mm-hmm. on and so forth, and I'm in Iron Bear like 60% of the time I'm playing. Yeah. Called winning. That's called winning, folks. I don't mm-hmm. understand how you could think if for even a second that she's underpowered. But who knows? Maybe I'm crazy. Maybe in the end game, all that changes. But for now, I know I can smoke through bosses, no problem. I don't have any issues. I rarely die because of get out of jail free cards, Iron Bear. Anytime I'm having any stress or anything's going south, Click, I get an Iron Bear, all my armor's up, all my health's back up. Obviously, now I'm in an indestructible mech for the most part, wreaking havoc mm-hmm. on everything. I love her. 
I love it. I love the flavor, the flavor text, everything going on with her. I love how she looks, how she acts, her interactions with everybody so far. Just fantastic. So I definitely made the right choice. Like you, though, I was looking at uh, Zane and Amara Mm -hmm. as a secondary. So I'm going to probably do like you did and play like, you know, through the first few missions, kind of see how they feel. And then Mm -hmm. at that point, I'll make my decision for later when we actually do a second character as to which one it will be. So. Yeah, I, I definitely can back you up on the, like like I said, I get a super skag with my ability, whatever that's up. So anytime I'm in a boss fight, boop, there it is. I think the only issue I've had is when I get like flying enemies, because it's just the skag on the ground. And you can shoot a little projectile, but he can't like tank them, because they'll just come at me, because I'm shooting them actively, and he can't really do it. But now that I've got that rift, even when I was fighting the, I'm not going to spoil it, the large enemy I was fighting this morning, the big boss... It was it was one of those situations where he was always on me, but I put that rift down, and for those however many 15 seconds that it's up, I'm invincible, just got nothing to worry about. feels good. feels good to get to that point where you're building your character and you're getting it almost as good as you wanted it, as you dreamed that it could be when, you're, when we're first building those little skill trees and going, this is going to be awesome because it's going to work with this and this and this. Now I'm, I'm especially to the point because I'm like level 20, 20 something, 25, 26, 27. Mm-hmm. I'm getting to, I'm almost to that capstone. And I'm like, well, now I'm going to start going over here and doubly mixing it up. Oh, it feels so good. I love it. Oh, yeah. They, I will say for mine, the railgun is what I went with my secondary. And I don't have any regrets because that railgun smokes baddies, just absolutely mm. smokes baddies. However, I find myself sometimes in a tight spot. And it happened with a specific boss fight. Where the boss does a lot of jumping and moving, et cetera, et cetera. Mm. When you're, you can't get him with a grenade launcher. That's yeah. basically impossible. And then when you're trying to use the railgun, it's precision. So mm. they've got to be real still and they got to be where they're supposed to be for an amount of time. So if they move mm. or bounce or jump, you just wasted your rail shot and then it's got to recharge. It's so that, that is where I'm getting a little bit of trouble at. So I just got to compensate by doing the railgun a ton, killing all the enemies that are easily killable with Iron Bear, and then whilst in my normal form, take care of those pesky, flying, maneuvering, crazy baddies who don't present an easier target. That that was the same boss fight. I assume I know what you're talking about. We're not going to talk spoilers, and Danny's also not going to hear spoilers. I'm assuming it's the same one with the jumping Uh and the the, the all over the place. It's the same thing for me, because my little skag went, what? And it was just, it was just me shooting. So, but it was it was a good thing that that boss was not hard. No, exactly. Just a little time consuming. That's all. Which which is good because the ones that are just standing right there, you know, doing some mechanics or shooting stuff, are big. You have know, big giant health pools or big bullet sponges. But I find that the ones with unique movement patterns or, like we said, unique mechanics that make them really hard to hit are generally pretty weak. It's just you narrowing down where to hit them. Mm-hmm. So I think they did a good balance of that, where it's not like, oh, he's also a giant health sponge, and you could never hit him. He, then so it's, it's like, oh, this boss is pretty weak, mm-hmm. but it's everywhere. So it, it's a fun skill versus just like resource management challenge. I like it. Well, and while on the topic of bosses, etc., what do you think so far about like the enemy types and the different, you know, is, it, is there enough variety to it, do you think, so far, or? I feel like so far it is to me, especially once you get 
like we've talked about during our play session together, once you get two different types of enemies coming together, like shielded enemies and, you know, all no shields enemies or robot enemies. And again, the no shield enemies. So switching up your weapon types, I feel like, you know, regardless of what the individual enemies do, having the two different types makes it engaging to think about. Like I need this corrosive gun for those, but oops, there's a flesh enemy in my face. Swap, swap. So I feel like they do a good job of that where it's not just this whole planet and this whole area is all just one type of enemy. I feel like they're doing a good job switching up so far. What about you? I'd say I think the smartest thing they did was add in the story elements that have different baddies helping one another out Mm -hmm. basically throughout everywhere. So there's never a time where, like you said, it's just one enemy type and that's all you're going to face. There's always a little yeah. something extra. In the beginning, it's kind of simple, but where I'm getting to mm-hmm. now, it's really cool to see that some enemy types will have the armor and an energy shield on them. Some enemy yeah. types are just energy, based, period. Some enemy types have the flesh mm-hmm. with a shield, etc. So like you said, you want to make sure you've got a couple options to shoot to. And then, of course, and then keep, you know, generally I like to keep like one just basic torg type weapon so that way mm-hmm. i can just hit anything no matter what at least for some damage and then i have yeah. two other options which diversify and keep me from getting my uh, rear end handed to me because mm-hmm. i don't have the right weaponry <laughs> <laughs> so yes i've been enjoying the baddies also just the the way they they maneuver and talk and how they act yeah i think it's really cool i love how they're taking cover and doing stuff now instead of just all running at you like psychopaths Always, period, no matter what. It's nice to see him actually act smart and do smart things once in a while. Yeah, I def- definitely agree with that. It makes it for a, a way more engaging fight than just, oh, you're just running backwards, just shooting your gun. Plus, like you said, th- how much do they talk? When you kill them, they have death lines. When they're attacking you, they have death lines. Or they have you know certain lines. When they first see your character, they yell out something relating to your character. Like, since I'm playing as, as Flack, the robot, I'll get like, oh, we're going to turn him into a toaster. Or, oh, it's that stupid thing with all the pets. It, it's, it's, it feels so right. Instead of just, ah, or Vault Hunter, blah. It's, it's you. Mm. They're talking to you, and it feels like you're playing a character. Because your character even responds to them or responds to the situation a lot of times. If you're blowing people up, they, you know, you comment on that. It just, it just feels, it feels so good. Like they've, they've made the world like an actual world that feels right now. Yeah, I agree. I love uh, Moses' lines with the enemies, like as I talked about earlier. And then it just makes you, like you said, it, it basically just reiterates. It does. It just feels good. It feels like you are in mm. the world actually having a place instead of just a stupid non-player who's pretending to be your character. So I, mm. I enjoy that a whole bunch. And then on top of it all, the areas you're in are super mm. diversified, super gorgeous, a lot of fun. And with the map they did, Gosh, bless. Mm. It made this one way easier. In the previous Borderlands, it was just like a flat map. It was really hard to see what levels and everything was. It was just annoying as hell. This time around, though, I popped my map up. and I'm like, okay, go over here, do this, do that. And I feel like they space things out more. It's kind of like stretch Mm. stuff out. So you can actually look and see and get a better gauge of where to go. So instead of going to my map every second because I think I might have passed it, I'm like, all right, no, 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 there's a landmark, here's a landmark, I can traverse over here, get up over here, do this, do that, and all the while, it looks great, it feels great, God, 
they did a wonderful job with the biomes and the different environments. Yeah, definitely agree with that. And I think another thing that really stood out to me was there's certain areas that are, you know, settled planets that have road systems and, you know, pathways that humans have built. And it feels right now. You know, I feel like on Pandora, a lot of times it was just, here's the big open, like oval shaped map. And then it's just like, well, the town's over at that end and this thing's over here. Versus on this one now, it feels like you go in here, you see a bridge that somebody made, you know, you, you follow a natural like roadway down around. If there's a path you that looks worn, generally there's something down the end of that path, like whether it's a, you know, a bandit hut or something. Like it feels more right instead of just things are just kind of everywhere. It feels like somebody came in and built a space or, you know, roadways made, made, people go this way. It, it's hard to explain, but it feels more like constructed than just blah, stuff is here. You know what I'm saying? That is kind of where I was going with this. In Borderlands 1 and 2, beyond the map just being like, you know, blah, it was the environment itself. It was like they basically went, hey, here's this big dump ground. Let's play inside of it. This time, I feel mm. like they went, no, let's make a set. Let's make a piece. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then play inside of that. An Let's have adventures we can fit into our playground yeah. that we made. Exactly. Yeah. So I feel like they went about it the right way this time, whereas I think in the previous ones, they, they reversed that. They just went, here's the dump ground, figure things out. And this time they went, no, let's mm -hmm. build this thing and then put things inside. And it shows because mm -hmm. all of it's so much fun. Like um, yeah. when you get to Atlas stuff, that, that whole little area is just awesome. It's well put together. Mm -hmm. It feels exactly as it should. It feels like you were meant to be in that area and that everything there was mm -hmm. supposed to be there. And I don't know. It's hard to explain, but it just all felt really well put together and tight knit instead of just kind of weird and just like, oh, hey, there's these things here for no real reason, but they're here. Cool beans. Let's do this. And I feel like some of the secret areas are tied into that pretty well, too. Like, if you're at an Atlas place, and there's rooms over on this side of the of the, the building or the walkway you're on, you look at the other side, well, of course there are rooms there, because you don't just make, you know, you mirror everything. Yeah. That's how off like People office buildings and buildings symmetrical. are. Yeah. yeah, so you go over there, and it's like, well, there I can see through this window, there's something over there, so how do I get over there? Oh, maybe you got to find a secondary access route, but you know, because you saw it over here, there's probably something over there. Or if you see like a, a hole or a step or a mantle, mantleable thing, you know, there's usually something up there because they've crafted it instead of just, it's just the big shipping containers and big blocks and that's it. Usually there's at least something to find everywhere you can get to. Not always. Not always there's still some of those yeah. corners that I run into and I go, where? Oh, here, here it is. Here's a secret. Nope. They usually at All least right. put like a couple uh, ammo boxes in there now though. At least yeah, if you run at least there's there. something. Yeah. Yeah. You go, oh. But but when you do but when you do find an area like for some of the uh the targets of opportunity, uh -huh. you like you climb over or you find this little pit and it's like, Oh hey, hey, why don't you kill this whatever that's there, this rare creature or whatever? It feels right. Yeah, it really does. You've stumbled upon this like hidden area that you wouldn't have found otherwise. Uh -huh. Feels good. And speaking of stumbling on, finding the uh the gun cases this time around, it's much more challenging. I remember one and two, mm. basically, you would run into them no matter what you did. You were going to find gun cases. I think in mm. this one, they're starting to treat them more like a prize or a treat 
instead of just mm-hmm. as part of the progression. Because most cases, not all, there's always one or two here and there that are just, hey, here's a gun case for you. But for the most yeah. part, if you want to find gun cases, you have to look in like the weird mm-hmm. spots. They'll have them up on like a random ledge over here in the middle of nowhere or up on this, the top of the box, like you said, that you got to climb up and get to, or you got to make a weird jump onto an overhang that you have no reason to be there for, except if you do, there's a gun case sitting there. And I don't know how to Mm. feel about it. I feel, I feel great when I find one and it's rewarding. It's awesome. But I also, I'm like, Mm. well, I kind of, now I'm like, oh, maybe I should just literally hop in every space and every spot forever before I go anywhere. But then, of course, I'm like, I can't do that. I gotta, you know, I gotta, I'll do a few of the spots, but I, Eric, you mm-hmm. gotta stop and move on at some point. So you can't be a crazy person just because you want to hunt down these gun cases. So part of me is a little sad because it kind of halts the flow because it, in mm-hmm. my head I go, oh yeah, they're not gonna be out in the open, Eric. You gotta look if you're gonna want to find a gun case around. And so I stop mm-hmm. doing what I'm doing and kind of jump out of the story a little bit for a minute while I'm just being a putz and searching corners and doing all the stuff. But I mean, that is Borderlands. So I suppose yeah. it's okay. It just it does sometimes make me a little sad because I feel like I'm missing gun case opportunities because I'm not looking in every single weird random corner. Yeah, and that's that's something I I also feel too because I am that guy. I like exploring all the corners and jumping on all the things and what's down this little weird pipeway that I can kind of shimmy down, but I'm not really supposed to be down here. I mean, I love it when I find them, but I feel like sometimes. The secret, the secret areas, let me use quote fingers here. The secret areas that I can find are the ones where nothing is. And then I go, Oh, and as I'm running back, I go, Oh, look, here's where the gun case is in the really easy secret area. <laughs> like you had to do one jump and there it is. Mm-hmm. Whereas I did 15 jumps and then like did like a, tried to do like a double jump and like hung in the air and just barely got over here and there's nothing. Like it, it's, <laughs> I, I like it. And I mean, I would rather have gun cases be secret and be encouraged to explore because even if I don't find anything, it was at least fun to do mm-hmm. for the most part than just have it be just, hey, it's on the way. Here's a gun case. Because if you, if you were a bandit and you had guns, you'd keep them in a secret case. You wouldn't just Willy-nilly put it out in the middle over. of the street. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I, I, I like it. I like that it's secret. That's also why I like playing flat because occasionally he'll be like, huh, you found something for me, did you, boy? And I'll go, what? Who, who found what? And I see my skag scurrying out of a little corner. And I go, oh, gun case. Feels good. Yeah, I do envy you having a pet that can find everything for mm-hmm. you. It's, I'm very jealous of that because Iron Bear does not now, find me anything. Now, I will say, he only finds stuff on the ground like a skag would. Mm-hmm. Like if there's stuff up, he can't find yeah, that. He's not gonna find if 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 he does find it, it's because I'm facing the other way and he's teleported up there and it's behind me. <laughs> oh, nice. So, with that being said, we've covered uh, pretty much everything. I feel we got the sound covered. I feel like there's something missing though. There's something story. Well, I mean, yeah, because that's the big thing, yeah. But we can't talk about it per se. But what do you think overarching so far? The characters, the story, how it's coming together, and how it's put going forward. What do you think? I'm loving it right now. Like I, I love the villains because they're so silly and stupid, and I love that they they are doing like heinous things, and they're working with heinous people and doing heinous stuff. But I, I'm, I'm, I like it more than the story of Borderlands Two. Like, I feel like there are stakes, and the fact that I am out doing things f- and affecting the way things happen, I feel like this is 
the stakes are bigger and my effect on the story is bigger. Like I've shut down some things and some stuff and gotten rid of some bad guys. But, you know, the overarching threat is still there. And the stakes, because I've been doing that, the stakes are getting raised on their ends too. So I'm not, obviously we can't go into spoilers on that, but I'm loving the characters. I'm loving the story. I'm loving the way the story is progressing and what those, how those characters are evolving to progress the story. So far, at least. What about you, Eric? I'm in the same boat overall. I think the characters that have been introduced are freaking fantastic. Some, obviously, better than others. Mm-hmm. Uh, like Lorelei. Yeah, oh Lorelei. my, Lorelei. Yeah, Lorelei. Jeez, oh, please. You know me, names. It's possible. It's possible. Mm-hmm. She's fantastic. I mean, everything yeah. I did with her, the whole coffee shtick, all that good stuff, I loved every bit of it. I really hope that mm-hmm. we get to see her more later in this game, or at least in a DLC. Uh, yeah. You know, another character, this isn't a spoiler, uh, Reese, you know, you're going to encounter Reese. He's mm-hmm. awesome, but it's super shallow right now. Yeah. And there's so much more to him, especially if you played Tales from the Borderlands, you know there's a whole backstory to him and, and all of his peeps and things. And he kind of alludes in a couple of uh, the little uh, echo logs that something's amiss, mm-hmm. but that's yeah. pretty much it. And I, I want to know, you know, I'm like, I'm invested in those characters from playing Tales of the Borderlands. So I'm like, no, what mm-hmm. happened? What's what's going on? Tell me. And it's not telling me. And that's frustrating me. Because I'm like, this guy's awesome, and his crew is awesome, and I want to know what's going on with them, and why is everything screwed up. But, of course, this game isn't about Reese. It's about you. And I'm like, no, I I need you to pause, and I need us to go figure this out now, okay? <laughs> and, and I won't say which character it is, because what I'm going to say would be sort of a spoiler, I guess. There's another character from Tales that you meet that does, like, two things, and then I haven't seen them since. Uh-huh. What's going to happen? Just there for fan service? Yeah. What, what's the point? I agree with that. It's like, no, I want to know more about what you're doing and why, why, aren't you, and that, why aren't you connected with the other character, as a matter of fact. Mm-hmm. And what, like, I feel like there's just a lot of stuff, and if you've been in Borderlands lore for a long time, that they've got mm-hmm. here, but they're not tying it together and or making you seem like it's going to be a connected universe. And that's, that's my only concern is... Especially, I mean, they've brought Tails characters in, and we've obviously spent, what, 10-some hours with those characters, went on an adventure, built relationships with them and feelings for them. Like, I wonder if, like, they're only bringing over some of the characters they like, or, you know, it's like, oh, hey, this will be fun to throw that character in. But it's like, but that's an important character to me. Uh-huh. Maybe to the overall canon, it's not, but you got to explain why. That's the only concern I have with the story at this point, uh-huh. is... If they're going to start putting Tails characters in there, I hope they stay fleshed out and have big roles and are like big, the big personalities we know them to be. Like, that's, that'd be my only concern. Like, it's not a negative either way. No. I mean, they can do whatever they want. And as long as the game's fun and the story's good, I, it doesn't really care. I don't really care. It doesn't matter. Well, and drawing, but it just would, and drawing it back, it would just feel funny. <laughs> and dr- mm-hmm. It's still great. Like, this story, like you said, is fantastic. I'm having fun with it. I feel involved in the story. I feel like the characters are talking to me, interacting with me, want me to carry Mm -hmm. forward with what's going on. And as you said, when you do something, it's like, "Uh uh-oh, this happened, and there's a reason why this happened. Why'd you do this? Why'd that Mm -hmm. happen? So on and so forth. Whereas the other ones, like you said, it didn't feel like you were in it to win it with everybody else. You are just kind of an outside figure doing whatever. This one definitely has you involved. Mm -hmm. Or it felt like Grand Theft Auto. Hey, player character, 
Go run and do the thing. All right, we did it. Yeah. You did it. You did it. Ching. And then the world goes right back to the way it was, and you're just like, well, I don't know. What the hell? So, with that being said, I loved I loved the story so far, and then in particular, the way you end up with like a character assisting you pretty much everywhere yeah. you go for whatever reason, that's awesome. That just takes mm-hmm. the immersion and ratches it right up when you've got Maya or Zero, etc. in there with you, killing baddies, taking names, reviving you if you're down. That just further just goes, hey, yeah, I'm here. I'm I'm a character having fun, helping you out, trying to save the world here. It's good stuff. I definitely agree. Having them there and having them interact with you makes it feel real. It makes me feel like I'm there. When I go down and I go, oh, crap, there's no ads anywhere for me to kill to get a second wind. But I see Maya turn away from shooting whatever it was she was shooting, shooting a boss or an enemy, and come running to me just like you or Danny or Sean or anyone else would. It feels real and it feels right. It feels like somebody's there with me. They did such, I mean, you know, the AI doesn't do like a ton. It won't kill the boss for you. No. But it feels, they did such a good job making it feel like you have a companion. Mm-hmm. It feels good. I, I just, it's great. I love it. It really does feel great. I just hope that they tie it together with some echo logs or something. Some of the, the characters that aren't playing like the front, front line roles, to see what happened, why they got to be where they were, unless they do it in DLCs down the road, which is fine by me. No matter what they do, I just hope they really get to it because this story is awesome, this game is awesome, and I think that little piece would kind of just be the, the little cherry on top. If they could just tie it mm-hmm. all in and get you to feel and understand where everybody was and why and how they got to be where they're at because there are definitely questions if you've been following the series. But, oh, man. Just the mission I did the other day, and you you did this morning when you're driving, and you mm-hmm. and there's yeah. a character with you, and then the things you know, yeah. yeah, it's just man, I was just bopping last night, just smiling and just playing, and even when people trying to make me mad, I was like, get out of my ear, boy, what mm-hmm. <laughs> That and then just after that, when you're getting stuff via the intercoms, when char- when oh, bad yes. characters are talking to you. Oh man, ah, just it's the comedy is so good. The good moments are so good. Like that that moment you're talking about with the bopping and the and the shucking and the jiving when somebody's with you. It reminded me of playing Saints Row Four because there's a there's a moment in that game where it's like, hey, let's see what this thing can do. Turn on the radio and it's bam, some awesome song and you're going cruising doing this ridiculous thing. And it's like that's Saints Row right there. That's and it made me feel at home. I just got chills right now thinking about it. Thinking about either version uh-huh. of it, it felt so good. I was like, "This, this is it. This is this is the stuff I love." Oh man! <sighs> there you go, folks. That's a ringing endorsement. That's a damn good time. This game for sure has carried the weight. It's done what it had to do, and now it's out. And it 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 has that punch. It has that impact. It feels like a game that took years to make, but is worth the years it was taken to make because it's solid. And we didn't even mention it. You said punch and impact. The guns feel punchy. Mm. They have impact. The gameplay itself feels good. So we said presentation's good. Story's good. It's funny. We enjoy ourselves. It plays well, too. It plays great. Oh, yeah. It, it, feels, it, feel, it feels like you're there versus sometimes in Borderlands 2 when you're shooting your gun, it just felt... Like just it, it never felt bad. Yeah, but some, some of the manufacturers was like, <sighs> okay, well, I'm just, I'm just spraying... 
pixels at other pixels. Here it feels like, boom, you're in it, you're fighting, you're, you're dealing with it. Explosions are bigger, impacts are bigger, you're getting bounced around, you're bouncing people around. Aww. It's, oh man, everything's too good. I love it. Really it. It's is. great right now. Any, everything they had in Borderlands 2, they took, ratcheted it up, made it better, improved on it, changed it to where it needed to be. Don't get me wrong, Borderlands 2 is fantastic for what it was back in the day. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah. a great game. We played the hell out of it. But 3 is just surpasses it so far and so much that we do compare it to 2 because, well, you know, it's obviously its successor. So I don't mean to, like, mm. be kind of, oh, 2 sucked compared to that. It's not what we were getting at. I'm just saying that right, they right. took what was good and great for then and now brought it forward, and it's just fantastic. It's definitely a chef's kiss, you know. Mwah, très magnifique. Yeah, when when all those reviews were saying this is the refinement of everything there was, or it's the same formula, but it's done so well, now I can see it. Now, Well, literally, I can see it. I can feel it in my hands. I can hear it in my ear holes. It's, if, you love, if you love Borderlands, this is the best Borderlands can be for right now until it gets even better later. Oh, yeah. And I would tell everybody who's on the fence or thinking about it, Pick it up because you know what? I don't think yeah, you're yeah. going to see no super sale anytime soon. And secondly, uh, they're going to have the Halloween DLC coming out any kind of time now, probably in the next three, mm-hmm. four weeks. And man, you do not want to miss the the holiday stuff that Borderlands does because it's so much fun and some of my favorite mm-hmm. content in the whole wide world, especially the Halloween one. And it's just like a, a big old hug to me that we actually get a Halloween DLC this close to launch in the game. Oh, it's beautiful, mm-hmm. everybody. It's beautiful. <laughs> it's great. We could probably go on for like another hour and a half, but I'm I'm going to call it. We're, this, 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 we're, this, we're done. We, Borderlands 3 gets the stamp this gets the Ajituji stamp of approval. It gets the you should also buy you should buy this game rubber stamp and the it's time to wrap it up rubber stamp. Imposters wrap up. So what do you guys think about Borderlands 3? About any of the games we talked about on the releases? I was super psyched for two of my releases, and the third one was Borderlands 3, but that's fine. I'm sure Eric talked about great stuff too. Let us know what you thought about those. And if you got any questions, comments, concerns, any kind of feedback, any games we missed. I, I know there were at least a couple I wanted to talk about. I totally missed them because of the cool stuff happening here. But let us know all that stuff via email at info at thirdshift.me. Tweet it at us at thirdshift.me or find us on Facebook under Third Shift. can indeed find us over on that Facebook. You can also find us over on Patreon. Yes, boys and girls. We treat it just like a tip jar. If you like what we're doing, like how you're hearing it, like what's going on in general, consider heading over there, throwing us a dollar, two dollars, three dollars, five dollars, or maybe that coveted one million dollars, in which case we will open up a food lion. We will have an aisle dedicated to babies in jars and an aisle dedicated to cold cocks TM, trademarked, all mm-hmm. that good stuff. That's and right. then on top of it, you will also have a mascot lion prancing and dancing around to your heart's content, all while being mm-hmm. recorded on live cameras as we work away our little lives for you, Big Brother style. That's right. <laughs> it's beautiful. So if you can throw that million bucks, please do so. If you can't, we understand. You know what? You got to pay bills. You got to do things. You got to buy Borderlands 3. I get it. I understand that. You can support us in so many other ways. Five-star ratings over on them iTunes and other podcast sites, etc. You know, it all gets the ratings up, all of the views up, blah, 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 blah. It makes us become a new kind of transformer. Give us the arms we need and the legs we need to transform people. It's up to you. Otherwise, we're just going to stay a little base body. 
sitting there, chilling, talking, going crazy, but never having those legs to run. So consider doing all that. Maybe some <laughs> mailbag questions. <laughs> That's right. I'm jumping in. Make us a devastator. I'm not going to be the stupid dump truck one. No. no. Eric's not going to be the dumb drill thing. Make us devastator. We'll put Danny will be the, the, the scoop, the scoop, the, <laughs> the backhoe. <laughs> and then, then you guys with the five star ratings can give us the, I don't remember the other ones. There was a bulldozer. Mm-hmm. Give us the bulldozer and the, I don't know. I don't know. Give us the other piece. Yeah, give us the piece. Whoever it was. <laughs> Scrapper or shrapnel or biff baff. Put him, put him on our leg. We can be Devastator again. It'll be good. You're going to love it if we ever become Devastator. I promise you. I promise you. <laughs> so with that, you can support us all sorts of ways. We truly do appreciate it. All your feedback, all the things you all do for us, have done for us. We appreciate it so much. Keeps us motivated and keeps us rocking and rolling. And we uh, appreciate it so very much, everybody. Absolutely, we do. And of course, this podcast drops every two weeks on Tuesday, so we'll be back in your ear holes on the 1st of October for our very next episode. You can find that episode on iTunes, on Stitcher, on Podbean, on Spotify, and on YouTube. And as I always say, if you like what we're doing and you'd like to help us out, please give us a like, rating, review, a comment, a subscription, any kind of good thing on any one of those good services, because it does help us out. And we really do appreciate it. Indeed we do. We appreciate those five-star ratings. And I told you guys, and gals, and all the folks... That if we start seeing some of the more than five stars, there might be a story. There might be a story, mm-hmm. everybody. So, hey, just saying, the ball's in your court. Show me what you got. Hey, hey, you know what I got? It's a little something called Don't, Don't forget, forget to, to Save. save.